Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, truth seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I'm your host, Michael Fordham. Look, if you just clicked the link on my webpage or you're listening on blogtalkradio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. Here's the number, 347-326-9470. Or if you like, you can tweet me your questions and comments at A Measure of Truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why not look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at amazureoftruth at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and repost us on Facebook and Twitter. Look, we have a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. What if your son could explore the mysteries of DNA science or molecular biology? or learn how to create computer games, or discover how to combat computer viruses. Future Kings is a unique, year-long, after-school educational program that guides young men in grades 6 through 12 in underserved communities to explore exciting career opportunities in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, also known as STEM. But Future Kings is in no way your average after-school program Here are some key differences that makes this program not only unique, but extremely effective. They teach college-level STEM concepts at age-appropriate levels. Students deep dive into dynamic fields of DNA sciences, cybersecurity, computer game design, and custom engineering. 
Every second and fourth Saturday, their students meet on college campuses and are taught by experts in their fields. If your child is unable to attend class on campus, virtual classroom opportunities are available. Participants not only learn advanced engineering concepts, but also soft skills that will help them successfully gain employment in the 21st century. Participants can become certified ethical hackers in cybersecurity. Autodesk Certified Professional in Custom Engineering or Certified Unity Professional in Computer Game Design. I know this sounds like training that's provided or required by many corporate or government entities for adults, but this is what these young men, grades 6 through 12, are able to master due to opportunities provided by this amazing program. Dr. Eric King, welcome to... A Measure of Truth. Good evening. How are you? Great. Great, Dr. King. How are you? I'm doing very fine. Nice to speak to you today. Yes, yes, it is. And, you know, um, after looking at this website and seeing all the amazing things that you guys are doing, um, I, I really don't know where to start. But one of the things that really caught my attention is, is this is a very ambitious program for young people. Tell me how you came up with such an amazing concept. <laughs> well, it's been in progression. Uh, the original concept was to try to teach entre uh, entrepreneurship to middle schoolers uh, toward the purpose of uh, correcting classroom behavior. It was felt that uh, so many of the uh, young African-American boys in school right now don't always behave well in school because they don't see a, a career goal. They don't see a path to the future. They're, they almost are defeated uh, and mm. feel like there's not much for them going forward. So the original theory was that if we could show them that there really was uh, some real uh, authenticity, there was some real value in doing well in school, and that, that, that really by applying himself in school and getting the best education they could, that they put themselves in position for lucrative careers. It was felt that if I could really get them to understand that, that it would change their classroom behavior. And so uh, the Future Kings program was designed to, to really target boys who were uh, talented, but not doing well in school and, mm. and teach them entrepreneur, uh, I should say, uh, in computer based entrepreneurship, uh, where mm. they were learning technology. Uh, and so we wanted them to understand how they could de develop technical skills and get uh, workplace skills at the same time, and then use that to create their own business and then use that business as a way of moving to well during your school day. So that's a long-winded explanation, but that's what the original right, concept right. was. And so uh, we, we started with that, and the, the experience that we gained over the years told us that we had to adjust our model. And so after, we, after years of kind of refining, uh, looking at lessons learned, and refining the program, we kind of settled on uh, the program that we have right now. Uh, and that is that we are focusing on four key uh, technical areas that have 
applications across a very wide spectrum of uh, of fields, and that we also were teaching them a number of workplace skills, which have equal flexibility across a wide number of fields. That way we do not constrain uh, our participants into any one particular uh, area of study or career growth, that they can go wherever they want to go and do whatever they want to do and still be able to take the seeds that we're planting and apply them to wherever their uh, career and uh, future holds. Now, you know, these um... – <laughs> these career fields and the, the coursework is very specific. And, um, you know, a lot of young people would think just by hearing this, that it would be boring. Now, how, how did you get these guys hooked in on this? Because DNA science and molecular biology. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I can't, uh, I really can't take the credit for that. The credit really goes to number one, the voice. And number two, the instructors. Uh, mm. In the case of the boys, they get to choose which of those four fields they want to go into. Uh, mm. And they're allowed to uh, get their feet wet and then change if they want to and, and float between all four of them if they want to until they really decide on which of the four fields they'd like to spend their time. And mm. it's not unusual for someone to come in, uh, try one field, decide they don't like that, and then go to another field, and mm-hmm. eventually they'll settle. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second part is that the, ins- the instructors, like any good school, it's the instructors that really make the difference. Right. So the instructors can take a very technical field and, and make it boring, or they can take the technical field and make it exciting. In our case, uh, we understand how boys like to learn, and mm-hmm. that is that they love to learn by hands-on, active learning. Right. And so mm-hmm. we build that into everything that we are doing, where we're not just giving college lectures, but the guys get hands-on skills. Uh, the instructors make them do things. Uh, instruction is all performance-based. Uh, advancement is performance-based. And so by by having to actually do the things that we're trying to teach them, it goes beyond just academic knowledge. It goes into performance, and it's that hands-on component that, that we think really uh, attracts, attracts the boys and, and, and keeps them engaged. Now, I'm looking at some of these, um, the courses and these certifications. <laughs> Um, you're actually getting folks certified as ethical hackers in Autodesk? Well, uh, we haven't done that yet, but that's mm-hmm. the end of the rainbow for us, you know, that wow. the, the boys are on a path toward those types of certifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to, so the things that they're learning and the skills that they're developing uh, will culminate in those uh, certifications. Uh, there are a number of uh, activities, knowledges they have to obtain. Uh, they have as many years or as much time as they need to attain it. They are mm-hmm. allowed to move at whatever pace they can move at. Uh, mm-hmm. Instructors are willing to put in extra time and work between meetings with them 
but ultimately it comes back to how much time the participant has to put into uh, getting that skill or getting that, right. that certification. So mm-hmm. uh, it can be done in one year. We've designed it so that if someone is really, really committed, they can actually obtain that certification in one year. But mm. most of the times what we find is that uh, the guys have so many competing responsibilities and so many other things that they're involved in that they can't put as much time into earning that certification uh, as they were like. And so it takes uh, multiple years of getting better and better and better until they are ultimately ready to, uh, to take the certification test. In our yeah. case, uh, once they reach a particular skill level, then we pay for their practice exam. Wow. Uh, so we are ready. So when we, when we invest in their practice exam, then, we're, then we feel pretty good that they're going to pass. But when they get, take their actual exam, then their parents have to pay for the actual exam. But by that time, mm-hmm. they would have already demonstrated that they could uh, pass the exam. And, and so the parents' actual on-the-hook uh, on investment is a lot lower than it would have been otherwise. Oh, man, that's great. So um, for you, was there someone special in your life that sort of got you on this path to try to, you know, dedicate yourself to focusing on youth and helping them in, in – um, not only in achievement, but you, you said you were working with students initially that were having some troubles in, um, in class and, and, and in learning, and you sort of turned it around with a program like this. Um, is there, where, where did you get this thought to, that this would work for young people? Yeah, and uh, we, one of the lessons learned, and I'll, uh, but I will answer that question, but I don't want to – now, I'd love to come back and give a deeper explanation, but, but so many of the young men who we thought would turn around uh, did not turn around. And so we, and so we wound up uh, working with them and, and recruiting other people that were more uh, motivated to the kind of program that we wanted to have. And now we have a, a, a different target uh, that is working better for us. But mm-hmm. So I, want, I, so I would like you to develop that a little bit further, but let me go back to your specific question, which is where it's got started. And that is I am a child of the 60s. And, mm-hmm. and I remember watching my father. My father was, uh, had been in the Navy, had an eighth grade education, but he was the best, uh, he, became, he was the best janitor that anybody ever knew. And uh, we had a large household, and we were economically challenged. And so he uh, had a full-time job, but he also had two part-time jobs. And one of his part-time jobs he had was by doing night work in all kinds of buildings uh, and cleaning those buildings uh, and doing the down-to-hole services for those buildings. So and he, had a, he was very good, good, and he had an outstanding reputation, so people always come to him asking him if they would uh, do work for them in their offices or whatever after work. And so he did. And I remember my mother always trying to push him into starting his own business and said that if you'd start your own business, you wouldn't have to keep working at that other job. And she's just making the case for why he should start his own business. And he always, 
he always turned it down and wouldn't do it. And he never told her, and he certainly didn't tell us why. So at, at the time that he was doing that, uh, I'm getting good grades in school. And thinking that my father is the role model, the kind of guy I always want to be, if I grew up, I want to be just like my dad. And when, when I came into my 20s, then I was talking to him one day and said that you could have been a great, uh, you could have had a great business. I, I, by that time, I had met people who had started their own janitorial services business, and they were doing very, 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 very well. And I said, Dad, you could have really started your own business. Why didn't you ever do it? And he said uh, he wanted to. But the reason that he didn't was because even though he knew that he had all the ability, technical skills, he could do it, he didn't know how to run a business. He didn't know how to do the accounting. He didn't know how to do the marketing for himself. He didn't know how to do all the other things that go with a business. And so he just decided not to even try and I said, Dad, you know, I've been getting good grades. I would have loved to work with you side by side in that. He said, I didn't want you to do that. I wanted you to go to school. So it really, really resonated with me that there were probably zillions of other uh, young people, especially young black men that are in households that, uh, where they would love to work with their parents or they would love to be able to uh, help raise the, the economic level of their family, but they don't know how to do it. That there's probably lots of parents who would mm. love to be able to go further, but they just don't know how to do it, and so they don't even try. And so, mm. when, so it came to me that that was something that I could do. It wasn't at that time, but what, but probably about by the 2000s, you know, it really started to sink in with me that this was something that was a need, that it's in my spirit, and that I could really make this happen. I had enough uh, support that I could make this happen and, and create a generation of, of young people and, and, and parents that were working together to raise our community, uh, to raise, raise the level of the uh, African-American community, the economic levels of the African-American community, and not do it just by being a one of multi-zillionaire, but by really mm -hmm. uh, planting seeds in the community where we're working together, uh, youth and adults together, creating networks uh, to support each other. Uh, but, but the source of all that was my own family and what happened uh, with between my father and I. Mm, that's awesome. And you know, so you you actually are you have a program, but it, it's meant to solve a problem. It's a solution as well. There's something that you saw uh, needed to fix, something that um, could connect people in a way that um, would expand our community. And um, that that story is just very touching, and um, I, I'm sure that this program will do that because of um, the areas as well. Um, what you're teaching kids are are very very challenging subjects, but they're very interesting. You know, um, a number of these things I've checked in myself. I'm a real tech geek, and I, I've okay. you know 
looked at Autodesk and, you know, I've looked at Red Hat ethical hacking and all of this stuff. And, and I'm just looking at it. I'm like, this is really cool. If something would have been around when I was a young man like this, I would have just eaten it up. And uh, it's just great to see that someone would even think to present this to young people and to find these young, talented folks who will probably um, be, um, you know, the innovators of our future just from this same program. And I'm sure that they'll give back to your organization when they've, um, you know, achieved greatness. And and I think it's just a, a great seed that you're planting. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I would love it if they gave back to, to future Kings, but if we try to instill in them uh, the thought that they need to give back to their community and yes. to, and, mm-hmm. and we, and we're trying to create that, that, pipeline that networking so we we have and we're trying to train them in the idea that that their success is not just for them it's for the people coming behind them as well and it's for people who don't have the same advantages as they do so uh we are very fortunate to have a series of guest speakers who will come in and these are typically successful men who look just like our participants, uh, who come from the same background as our participants, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. tell their story. And they tell what they did uh, to get from economically challenged households into uh, six, seven, uh, six and seven-figure incomes and, uh, and what they did to overcome their obstacles and what kind of obstacles they had to face. But also these men, when they come in, talk about how they wish they had this opportunity when they were that age and how much further they could have gone. And invariably they will make the point to these guys that they is probably the most powerful piece of their presentations because the guys in our program get to see successful men who are reaching out to them, reaching back to them and saying, I want to help you achieve what I've achieved. And Mm. that becomes part of the sinew of what Mm -hmm. we are putting into them, the seed we're planting in them, that if someone else is going to do this for you, then you have a responsibility to do it for somebody else. And this is Mm -hmm. not make-believe pie in the sky. These are guys you can touch and feel, who you would mm-hmm. never ever know have done what they've done unless you heard them talk about it. And you can be that same kind of guy for somebody else. And so that part of giving back okay, and social responsibility is, is not something we hammer all the time, but we, but we make that point on a regular basis uh, that they have a responsibility uh, financially and as role models for those who come behind them. And I see how, you know, it comes full circle because, um, you know, they're they're not just thinking to themselves that I could have um, this amazing future if I just, you know, study hard and focus and and do my best. They have proof by these other leaders and that shows them for a fact that this can happen. And again, the parallel that they've come back 
from the same type of a background that these young men have come from, um, that, that's really icing on the cake as well, because it's hard to connect with someone who's the CEO of a company and uh, mm-hmm. have grown up in wealth. And it's always, you know, they've always known that this is what they would be. And um, yes. their, their connections pretty much, you know, paved the way for them. But to, to yes. hear that someone had to struggle and figured it out, it helps them to not only see um, how valuable this program is, but just how different their lives can be from their peers if they would just, you know, do their best. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the recent examples of that is uh, we had a speaker come in in January who owns eight McDonald's franchises, I believe. And his father owns 10 or 12 McDonald's franchises. So mm. the father helped get the son involved. And now the son is reaching out to our guys and tell them how they can do the same kind of thing. And mm. at least two of the boys in our program decide they want to become entrepreneurs. And mm. I mean, restaurant entrepreneurs. They weren't sure if they want to become franchise owners or just Mm. create their own restaurant brand and expand it. But because of the message that he brought and the types of explanations he gave about the discipline it took and what kind of skills he had to have and and how he loved his work and all that, uh, they decided they wanted to do the same thing. That's, you know, and that is one of the, uh, one of the, that's one of the, components for the program that I just find to be so rewarding watching those kind of interactions. And um, I think another thing too, is um, you, you have a program where the, your um, young men are actually learning on college campuses. Yes. And I, I believe that's so important because um, a lot of young people unless they have someone in the family who's gone to college, never get to see a college campus until they hopefully make it there. But that's something that has a, a, a large impact on someone where they can actually see it for themselves and not just hear about it. And tell us about the um, relationship you've built with these campuses and um, college campuses and professors as well to be able to allow this to take place. Well, uh, we started as a after-school program in 2009, and that's when we were just trying to be an after-school program that would motivate uh, young men to do better in school. But we ran across a couple obstacles that we couldn't overcome as an after-school program. Number one was that we could uh, we could not hold on to to young men who were in our program and then graduated from the middle school. They would go to high schools. They might move out of the area. They might move out of that tennis zone. But whatever it was, we ultimately always had to lose contact with them. And then the second one was that we had some financial things that we wanted to do. We wanted to start a scholarship program for these young men that would carry through their entire high school and and hopefully be part uh, part of the funds available for them when they uh, graduate from high school, and we couldn't do either one of those two things as an after-school program. So we decided we we're going to become a 501c3, 
uh, become a, our own independent nonprofit corporation. And as part of that, we needed to have a location outside the middle school where we could meet. And so it, one of my good friends knew the provost at the Wibbers campus of Northern Virginia Community College. And he thought that this would be a great uh, place for us to meet. And he thought that the provost there would be very supportive of the idea of, of our program. So we were able to schedule a meeting with Dr. Sam Hill, who, is the, who was the provost then and is still the provost of the Woodbridge campus in Northern Virginia Community College. And we pitched the idea, the idea to him of allowing us to use uh, his classroom on Saturdays when they were not being used uh, toward the purpose of teaching these guys we wanted to teach them. And he accepted the idea. Uh, in fact, he loved the idea. And he has been uh, a tireless champion and great supporter of the Future Kings program. So we are uh, unofficially housed on the campus, on the Wibbers campus of Northern Virginia Community College. This wow. year, we've been able to expand and meet both at the Woodbridge campus and the Manassas campus. Uh, Manassas campus has a better uh, biology lab than the Woodbridge campus. So we've mm -hmm. had meetings on the, uh, on the Manassas campus, and Manassas campus has also made other classrooms available to us uh, for us to expand. So uh, Northern Virginia Community College is a great supporter of ours. And when you're right, when the young men go into that campus, the, when we first went there, they saw it was a playground and did not take it seriously. But as they became more uh, familiar and we were explaining what the protocols and expectations were, then they began to appreciate uh, the, uh, their, their, their instruction on a real college campus and started to recognize the differences between a college campus and a high school and middle school classroom. Uh, so in addition to that, we, we've been to George Mason University, we've been to Hampton University, and in some cases had, had class there uh, in each one, of those, each one of those places. But uh, we have also been able to uh, meet faculty, the administration staff, uh, and, and really get the guys familiar and take a lot of the uh, mystery off of what it takes to go to college. So, and by taking the mystery off, it really helps motivate the guys and make them think, I can do this. It's not like, you know, it's for somebody else. It becomes part of their expected path that they mm -hmm. now expect to go to college. They're not thinking, I can never do that. I can never get there. You know, they're thinking, okay, of course I'm going to go to college once I graduate from high school. And even if they decide that they want to uh, work and go to college, they see college and, and higher education as a component of whatever their eventual mm. career is going to be. Okay. Right. And so that is, I think, part of the, another part of the benefit of meeting on a campus and going to various uh, colleges and having a lesson or getting to meet the admissions staff, the uh, the technical staff, when we went to uh, use, when we go to uh, one of the colleges, we, we uh, have meetings with 
instructors or professors or deans in the departments that uh, that house the kinds of programs that we have. So we went to mm. Drew Mason. We were we went to the computer game design department at Hampton. We went to engineering and we went to their uh, Proton Lab, uh, their, their their Proton Lab research down there. So which is part of robotic biomedical sciences. That's an example of how we uh, blend our learning in with the field trips that we take them on and the instruction they get to. So that it all seems very, uh, it, it, it seems very entwined. Okay, it's all part of the same fabric to them. Uh, there is no difference, and they just have to decide what school they want to go to and what their major is going to be in. It becomes a way of life for them. Wow. And, and what did the parents think of this program? Parents love the program. Uh, they, uh, the parents are very supportive. Uh, a lot of the participants in our program were actually recruited by uh, parents in our program uh, talking to their friends, which are also parents, and mm. telling their friends that they should get their son into this program. Uh, we've, we've purposely been a well-kept secret because we do have certain constraints on uh, how many people we can uh, or funding will permit us to serve. Uh, mm-hmm. But we had more funding. We will be serving uh, more young men. And so we've been selective. But parents are our biggest advocates. Uh, like like many church organizations, we're not a church organization, but churches run on volunteer effort. And that's how we are. Our bookkeepers are volunteer. Our secretaries are volunteer. I'm a volunteer. Everyone in our program is a volunteer. Uh, the the people who are uh, the the leader of our biomedical sciences program is a nationally known scientist who mm. is donating his time to to help advance our biomedical sciences program. Uh, so that's just an example. The leader wow. of our engineering program. Uh, is a doctoral candidate right now uh, in, and and he is, uh, uh, his his thesis deals with engineering and digital fab, uh, digital fabrication. So, you we we couldn't afford to pay some of these people what they can demand uh, mm-hmm. outside, but they volunteer their time, and that is that is really our secret sauce. You know, the, right. the quality of our volunteers is what allows us to do what we do for these young men. Now, what would it take for you guys to expand and be able to bring in more youth? Do you have, like, corporate sponsors? Or what, what do you think you would need that would help you to move forward um, besides donations? And if so, are there any events that you will be hosting to help um, raise more funds for what you guys do? Uh all of that, you know, it would be ideal if we could be sponsored. Uh, we we create a budget each year, but that budget is based on either uh, our speculation on what grants we may earn or what donations we may be able to achieve or how successful our, uh, our fundraising programs might be. And we never beat our budget. We never meet our budget. So we always wind up having to 
uh, do less than what we had planned on doing. Right. And so having someone underwrite or having a group of companies or underwrite our program. So we really, so we could really plan, uh, not depend on volunteer support as much as we do be able to plan uh, the activities that the young men are going to participate in. That would be a tremendous step forward for us. Uh, right now we don't have any such support. Uh, our, our biggest, <laughs> I said I was a volunteer, but our two biggest uh, revenue sources are my mother and me. Uh, mm. And that's because we're really, really tied into this. We believe in it. And that's how we show it. Uh, and so it's not that we plan to be uh, big donors. It's just that there's always gaps. And whenever those gaps happens, rather than let the boys down, uh, one of us will step up and, and, and pay the cost in order for this activity to, to continue. It would be great if we have a corporate sponsor uh, or an individual who was underwriting that. Uh, we have two uh, programs that we, uh, that we designed as fundraisers, but never become fundraisers. Uh, one is our annual gala. And that was designed as a, that is designed as a scholarship fundraiser. So mm -hmm. we, we make enough that we can, uh, provide scholarships to both people inside future Kings and some people outside future Kings, but we never make enough for us to use any of those funds for operations. And then the second one is our STEM summer camp. And our original goal for the STEM summer camp was, uh, was, was dual. One, we wanted to use as a fundraiser where we could use the XX funds for operations and two, we wanted, we wanted uh, economically challenged uh, young people who could not afford to go to a high-quality STEM summer camp to come to our camp. And so uh, we designed the camp to, be, uh, to, to compete with camps that cost four to $600 per week. Uh, our camp costs $200 per week. Every year we have given out more scholarships to economically challenged uh, students than we've had paid customers. So every year our STEM camp fundraiser actually becomes a, uh, a break-even or, uh, or, or a slight loss for us, but it has really touched a lot of lives over the years so that uh, the, the camps that we've had have really helped some students uh, be motivated to do better in their uh, school day activities when the camp is over. And, and even if they didn't, all of them have given us great feedback on how much they enjoyed the STEM things that they learned that year. Uh, traditionally, we teach, we have a, a cybersecurity camp, a computer game design camp, and a uh, 3D printing camp. Uh, and and students choose one of those three camps for the week that we have it. And everyone always loves it, and their parents love it, lunches included. So even though we want those to be a fundraiser, 
uh, as a nonprofit, our our first uh, priority is service, and if it means that we have to do without in order to uh, in order to meet that service objective, then that's what we do. Uh, but then the downside is we're always you know running, looking for uh, another donation. So a corporate sponsor, someone to underwrite what we're doing. Uh, or even a series of individuals who are willing to underwrite different programs of ours would be would be so uh, key for us to be able to serve more people uh, and expand our program offerings. And you guys are a 501c3, so um, that, that would be a great write-off for a company as well as um, I'm sure – that many of them can offer internships to some of your um, participants as well in the near future, um, considering yes. some of the specific areas that you guys are training folks in. Um, yes. Wow. Um, so and, I, I'm, and that would be another on LinkedIn. Uh, I don't think we are. But okay. Well, the, we definitely the, need to connect on LinkedIn and, and let's, Start okay. trying to push some buttons and move some things around and, and make some introductions and see if we can't mix it up a bit. And um, whenever you guys are doing something to an event um, um, that you could use a few fresh faces in um, that could possibly be contributors to your you know program, let me know and uh, we'll be happy to have you back on and do what we can to promote it as well. Great. Uh, our Our next... Uh, our next event up will be the STEM summer camps, uh, mm-hmm. and so we will be uh, we we're signing up students now, and we're also figuring out how we're going to pay for the camp. <laughs> so I okay. will, uh, but we'll 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 have a camp, uh, you know, regardless of what kinds of uh, fundraising we have to do. You know, that's that's why I reach back and say either my mother or or I uh, become the donor. We always have to. We Tim comes ones that that fill the gap. So we'll be coming back to you and and leaning on you and take you up on your offer. Uh, Absolutely. When we're looking for volunteers, we typically talk about time, talent, and treasure. And what you're offering is certainly in the what we would call the talent area, where you're helping to connect with other people. Uh, the time is where we're getting volunteers to actually come in and volunteering their time to help us do what we do. Talent is people who have a network already. They're willing to help us uh, by by putting the network to to work for us. And then the the treasurer is just making those donations and, and supporting us. So uh, I love the opportunity that you're providing for us, and I can't thank you enough. And we will absolutely take you up on it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'd like to meet with you as well, and let's just brainstorm on some things. And anyone else um, within your organization that wants to connect as well, um, okay, please do. Let let's um, connect with each other on all social media and all of that, and and let's see what we can get going. Um, I like your logo. Um, put on some t-shirts. Let's let's get it going. Um, let's do some things that will, you know. <laughs> You know, get people aware of what you guys are doing. Um, your program is is so unique, but it is so focused on things that are, you know, these are game changers. If you're a specialist well, you know, in any of these fields, it, it, you are someone who is in demand, you know, 
yeah. you know, beyond belief. Uh, I mean, let me let me let me give you a, an example that kind of highlights the point that you're just making. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a young man who uh, joined our program this year, and he decided he wanted to be in a cybersecurity uh, concentration, and he's mm-hmm. enjoying. He's doing well in our cybersecurity, uh, even though he's new. He's he is learning it. Well, as a school day project, his teacher had him uh, had everyone in their class write a resume and then post it. Uh, and so he posted his, and he's gotten two interviews for cybersecurity, cyber-related jobs. This yeah. is a sixth grader, you know, who's mm. just using what he did, you know. Oh, that's amazing! I couldn't believe it. You know, I I was I was, I couldn't believe that happened, but he was so excited when he came to me and told me what happened when he posted. Uh, uh, when he posted his resume. So uh, you're right. You know, it, it, it can become very valuable for them. Uh, we have a, a young man who is going to Norfolk State this year, and he attributes uh, a lot of support he's getting from, uh, he's going into the, uh, think, computer engineering at Norfolk State, and he attributes a lot of the uh, extra things that the, that the university is going to provide for him. They put him in a special bridge program, uh, and he attributes a lot of that to his experience in Future Kings and how it prepared him to compete once he uh, got out of high school. So, you know, those types of uh, uh, accolades and reward stories are things which are very meaningful to us and what we're trying to build on. Wow. That, that's just great. And um, I, I just want to make sure we stay on this one subject as long as we can to make sure I really explored all avenues right now, how we can create a revenue stream for you guys. Um, okay. Do you guys have like um, a cash app or some type of donation app on your website? Uh, no, we, you know, we, we can accept donations on the website, but sure. we wouldn't call it a cash app. And, to okay. give you another, and how, example, how would they be accepted? Cause I, I want to understand if I can link to that, if we can create some type of promotion based on what you already have in place and how we can drive well, people. Well, our website has a donate button on the website. So awesome. you can go right, you can go right to there. Uh, when you donate, it takes, you know, PayPal or any of the major credit cards. So nice. anyone can, can do that from that. Uh, we're going to be adding uh, that same donate button to our Facebook page. Uh, mm-hmm. And when you, when you said a donate app, uh, one of the things that came across a couple, maybe a year ago that we couldn't take advantage of is we had uh, one of our parents who was working uh, for VDOT in one of the uh, uh, customer rest areas. And he was always helping people and people always want to give him cash uh, Mm. as a way of saying, thank you for helping him. And he would say, I can't take the cash, but here's that my son is in. He would just donate to them uh, Mm. in my name. It would be, well, we didn't have an app (laughs) and didn't have a way to take advantage of that. 
Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's since changed jobs, but there's ways that people come across. Uh, and if there was a way that we had an app that people could just download without having to come to a website, you know, we could send say uh, text five to four 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 four, you know, or a few text kings to whatever that might help us a lot in mm-hmm. getting donations. But we just didn't have the uh, we don't have the uh, the ability to sure. take advantage of those types of things right now. So people in your audience who might want to help us with in that way, that's an example of a talent donation that we could really take advantage of. Okay, great. All right, the wheels are turning. And um, there's some other things I want to talk to you about, but I'm going to keep them off air because I, I, okay. I don't want to sound as if I promised things to people who I haven't talked to yet. But um, I think we okay. might be able to push some folks <laughs> your way and donate a few talents and things of that nature. But um, okay, so so I think we've covered that. And um, now you guys are sort of limited by your funds at this point. So I, I, I don't want to just sort of hold it right here because um, I think you've got an amazing program. You already mentioned that it has an it has evolved into something um, different than what you initially started. So what do you see for the future of um, future Kings? Well, uh, within five years, we would, we would uh, love to be able to uh, graduate up to, up to a hundred boys per year with STEM majors. When I say graduate, I mean, graduate from our programs into a college career. Uh, mm-hmm. So we want to be there in in five years. Uh, I would like to be able to expand the technical offerings that we have, uh, mm-hmm. and I would also like to be able to uh, have a program where, when people, when when the boys would graduate from our college, I mean from our uh, program, and go to college, I like for them to already have all the all the required finances to pay for their college. Mm. Right now what mm-hmm. we're doing is we are helping them with strategies so that they can uh, find ways to graduate from college with no debt. But, right. And so they're learning that, but I would like to be able to take mm-hmm. this step further so that when they start college, they know that the money to pay for their four years is already there. And all they have to do is, uh, is take advantage of it. Something else I would like to have is a much stronger uh, program for what we call applied learning. Our applied learning is where we uh, help the guys in our program start their own business using the things that we're teaching them or by using the things that they like to uh, start their own business in. We have one guy who wants to be a graphic artist. We have someone else who wants to start his own photography business another one who wants to be a videographer uh, and we're supporting them. Uh, Another one wants to start his own marketing business. So our applied learning uh, takes that special entrepreneurial uh, goal that they have and then connects them with a mentor who can step them through all of the additional business centric components not just the technology, not just the technical piece, but they have to be able to write, they have to be able to write that business plan and analyze how they're doing with performance. They have to be able to uh, 
understand how to market their business. They have to be able to understand how to uh, how to interview or give a presentation and put that into practice in support of their business. So we are working to really deepen the applied learning part of our program. And I believe that within uh, the next five years that the applied learning will be creating uh, between 30 and 40 new entrepreneurs every year using things that we have taught or dreams that they have about starting their own business. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I could see how this thing would be, you know, just like you said, in in five years or so, it will be self-sustaining probably just on the uh, entrepreneurs and their success and what they're giving back to your program. But um, again, um, you're in full expansion mode already, and um, I would hate for what you're doing to be limited just by funds. And uh, I just implore people out there that are listening to this show that you need to really um, dig deep. And um, we, we need to always focus on um, grassroots organizations, nonprofits, and charities that really make a difference. And that's one of my primary focal points. I want to see how people are reaching out to the community impact and effect on, you know, our communities and, and making our young people better. And, um, you know, you tick all the boxes with your program. And uh, I, I just really want to just say kudos to you for all that you've done and sticking with this program and developing it into what it is today. And um, let's just hope it continues on the same path and trajectory. And um, we're just wishing you great things. Can I, can I give you two Two more quick things about us. Sure, uh, sure. Number and believe one, believe it or not, I, we're almost finished. We're at uh, we got about eight minutes left in the show. I told you it would sneak up on you, but go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first thing I, I know I give a lot of long-winded answers. Uh, the the so first thing okay. is that uh, mm-hmm. I I be uh, I retire in June. And mm. so once I retire, uh, right now I've been running Future Kings as a after school, you know, uh, I have a full-time job, so I need to do that my part-time. Uh, and I joke a lot of times it's really a, my second full-time job. But I retire in, in June. And so I believe that's going to allow me a lot more time to do some of the other uh, special things that I need to do to help uh, build it for the next five years. The second thing is that one of the problems, one of the reasons why we don't have necessary funding is that we don't, we're not really strong at writing grant applications. And the feedback that we typically get when we apply for a grant is that we are, we sound like a me too. We sound like every other STEM based organization. Mm. And so people Mm -hmm. who know how, who know how to differentiate us, from others in the grant writing process or mm-hmm. people who can, uh, who can track our application when it comes in to a grant funding, uh, uh, to a grant funding organization and say, here's a group that may sound like everybody else, but is actually different than everybody else. Uh, those types of advantages would really, really help us a lot. Uh, because we're, you know, we may be technical, but we're not great marketeers. And so if sure. we have people who are 
uh, say, decision makers in grant writing agencies or, or, or grant or, or who know decision makers there and can really help earmark our application for, the, uh, for those decision makers, that would be another uh, great help to us. Uh, and, and I think we're really advanced the ball for us on the financial right. side. All right. Need any help with messaging on your your website? Um, if you need um, a voiceover or voice, um, and if you need you know theme music, background music, any of those things, I'm willing to help you out with that. Just off the cuff, but there's some other things I think I can do as well, and we'll talk about those later. But um, okay, yeah. Let let's just look at everything that we can do. Um, and then sort of let you filter through. I'd rather give you too much than not enough. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and, and I have a, a lot of connections and I think I know of a number of people who would be very, very interested in your program. And I may have to come and pay you guys a visit as well and shoot some video and um, maybe have another um, on the scene interview just to give people a better idea of how it all works so that they can really okay. um, put themselves into place and understand how this program is impacting young people. Okay. Well, uh, I'd love to talk with you and, and work that out. Uh, we, our last meeting for this instructional year, I mean, our last actual meeting for this instructional year will be uh, May 18th. We'll meet, this coming Saturday and the following Saturday. Uh, mm. But then in June, uh, we'll have an awards uh, presentation, which won't be a regular meeting. And we have our annual trip to King's Dominion. Uh, so oh, neither okay. one of those will be time to come and come and sure, uh, sure. come and see, but, but we'll start back right. up in the fall. And, okay. and if you want to come out to a summer camp, then that that's also an option. But in the fall, you'll be able to see the program the way that it really runs. Mm. Uh, and so I would invite you. Uh, we'll plan for uh, the first meeting for the next instructional year. Will be the second Saturday in September. Uh, okay. And you know you can put it on your calendar now and come on out and see us. Awesome. And please send me a reminder as well. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do. All right. Well, look, we we really have come to the end of the show, and uh, we've got about. Um, just a minute and a half remaining. I want to thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to talking with you again. Okay, well, thank you very much, and I'm available to you anytime. All righty, awesome. Well, we've come to the end of another great show. Special thanks to our producers, Donna Hardiman and Dor Sharpshire. I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. But before you go, here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. They become habits. And watch your habits. They become your character. And watch your character. It becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. <laughs>